Welcome to the Women on Fire podcast. We're on a mission to help you have your best menopause and rest of your life. I'm your host, Jenna Moore. I'm an accredited integrative health and menopause coach, and I've studied nutritional awareness, women's hormones through a functional medicine lens, and explored various modalities, including breathwork, mindset, and positive psychology. Join me and my guests as we discuss how to navigate the natural life transition of menopause and growing older. From waistlines, waning libidos and what we are now we're over 40, we discuss it all. Women on Fire is sponsored by Menome, a New Zealand-based company by women for women. Menome specialises in scientifically validated all-natural supplements so you can experience freedom in menopause. Hi, Women on Fire. Today I wanted to share with you four must-knows about perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause because have you noticed that the conversation has opened up about these things in recent times Um, and that's a great thing Uh, but it doesn't discount the decades of mystery that have surrounded it for years, long time. Right, so many women have had more questions than answers for far too long. And even though there's a lot more information out there now, some of it's confusing and some of it's downright wrong. So here are a basic few facts that every single woman should know about this time of life. So fact number one. Technically, you're in menopause when you have gone full 12 months without a period. Dr. Linda Deer, who is also known as the Meno Doctor, calls this your menopause moment in episode 103. Uh, she has some great analogies. I highly recommend going and listening to that episode. Um, and before this time, you are in premenopause and perimenopause, which is sometimes called the menopause transition because the perimenopause time is when your hormones are shifting and, and changing and it takes you know a while for you actually re- to reach that menopause stage, which we'll talk about in a little minute. But after 12 months of no periods, you are officially... In menopause and you're in post-menopause actually for the rest of your life. The last day of the last period officially means menopause has occurred but you only know about it in retrospect because there is no test for perimenopause. While blood tests are very good markers for other conditions and to assess your overall health, they aren't considered to be reliable to test for perimenopause. One caveat to this is if you are in premature menopause which occurs before 40 but that's a specialist subject and you would hopefully hopefully be under specialist care for that. If you suspect that's you please see um, a gynecologist or an endocrine 
chronologists to get help with that. The Australian Menopause Society recommend using a symptom checker to help assess where you're at because they acknowledge that women know their own bodies best and certainly we've lived with them for a long time by this stage. So we can um, uh, sort of pick on, up on any changes and, and maybe take it from there. According to them, most women become menopausal between the ages of 45 to 55. Um, and in Australasia, the average is around um, 51. Dr. Jen Gunter, who is a very outspoken OBGYN in Canada, um, she has some fabulous things to say. She's also written a couple of books, one of which is the Menopause Manifesto. And she says it really well um, in there. And she says if you are 45 years or older, then medically speaking, menopause is not a surprise. <laughs> Just as we don't need a blood test to tell us if a 12-year-old with a first period is in puberty, we don't need blood tests to tell us that a 48-year-old woman with irregular periods is in the menopause transition. I mean, it sounds simple, right? But there, it's a little bit more complicated when we're living it, but that is basically how simple it is. So fact number two, menopause does not happen overnight. Um, you know, some of us think, that we have this idea in our heads when, if we even think about it at all, that menopause might be coming along, perimenopause, what's that? We never hear of it. And then we think that this is going to happen and overnight our periods are going to end, end, end of story. Um, not quite that simple. Maybe for some people, because your periods don't just come to a halt and voila, you're in menopause. Although it might appear like that, for some people but you know everyone is so different um, but like I say for most of us it's more of a gradual process and that's why taking average statistics and things they they paint the picture and they tell us that story now that we know um, more about it um, according to the Australasian Menopause Society again because I love to um, get facts and figures from them they're very helpful in that way and they say that for the average person the transition will last about four to eight years mine's been over 10 years and I have heard of some people experiencing this life stage for 15 years on the flip side of that I've heard of one years and two years so as I say we're all different but one of the first signs of changes is a change to the regularity um, and the flow basically of your periods they might become heavier lighter or um, shorter or longer and then along can come other symptoms like say hot flushes uh, itchy skin mood swings vaginal dryness a lower libido urinary tract infections muscles and joint pain can come along sounds like such fun doesn't it i know I know, I hear you, and it's not fun, but that is just the way it goes, which kind of leads us into fact number three, which is that most symptoms occur in perimenopause, which is when all the fluctuations and all the changes, hormonal changes are, are happening, and they can be both 
physical and psychological. In fact, there are 34 most recognized symptoms of perimenopause, but truly the more we know about it, the longer that list is going. And so you will see lists for 100 signs and symptoms or 60 signs and symptoms and none of them are wrong. There are no wrongs on this journey, right? Because again, there are so many variables, but I think one of the lesser known things about signs and symptoms is the mental health and emotional psychological issues. And they really do need to be highlighted. And that are things like, well, I think anxiety is, is very well known, but there's also racing mind. Your, your mind can just race. We can develop a negativity bias. Um, Ellie Daddo has, she's the author of Queen Menopause, Finding Magisterial Mayhem. She calls that Mr. Worry and Mr. Negative. It's a very real thing. Depression also is another thing. Um, some people say that that, is not a menopausal um, sign or symptom, but in actual fact, Professor Kilkarni in um, Melbourne uh, is doing a lot of work with that and highlighting that. And I have heard some experts um, suggest that there might be a subcategory of depression brought into place uh, called menopausal depression or perimenopausal depression. I want to invite Professor Kilkarni on the show and ask her if she can um, dive deeper into that for us because it is it is a um, it's something that really does need to be looked at because women that are suffering with these signs and symptoms do need more help and support. So all of them though are due to the hormonal changes, particularly um, in progesterone and, and estrogen as ovarian production of both ceases. Now progesterone um, decreases first actually, um, often in our mid to early late 30s, and that, but that decreases in a linear fashion. Estrogen starts, um, and that's a whole other story because there are actually three types of estrogen, so we are talking about estradiol in this factor in this fact but it doesn't it doesn't go down quite so smoothly it doesn't leave the ovarian building quite so smoothly it goes more on a roller coaster and it can peak and it can drop and go high and go low and so progesterone's down there and estrogen's all over the place so that can be responsible for quite a lot of the symptoms that we get because there's not a lot of equilibrium going on there. So hot flushes are probably the most infamous, but there are so many others like the ones I listed in, in um, fact number two, and also the emotional mental health side of things that we talked about just a few minutes ago, but there are others too like thinning hair, hair loss, um, dry skin, cold sweats as opposed to hot flushes and allergies. like. You know, as I said to you, the list goes on. Um, it's sometimes called second puberty because menopause is basically the cessation of our reproductive years. So like we experienced in puberty, everyone's experiencing is very different. Some women won't notice any symptoms. In fact, 20% will just glide through, right? For 20%, it can... And can cause quite significant life disruption 
and it can be quite severe. But on average, um, about 60% of women will experience moderate symptoms, which means that 80% of us do experience some sort of um, upheaval or, or uh, you know, significant change that we need to learn how, how to manage. And the beautiful thing is that there are ways to manage that. So lastly, with fact number four, I want to talk about how menopause can affect our health in so many ways. It's actually the time for a complete health overhaul and certainly to check in on your health uh, warranted fitness because so many changes occur at this time and our susceptibility to conditions such um, that impact our, um, our heart, our bones, our eyes, our blood pressure, our insulin, our thyroid, a whole lot of stuff going on. And our risk of heart attack and heart decrease increases. Um, it's actually the number one killer of women, but Alzheimer's and dementia is, is coming out fast on its heels. Osteoporosis, which is um, from fragile bones and and gives us a propensity to break our bones easier and maculin degeneration. We become vulnerable to all of those in a, in a much bigger way. So that's why it's very important to check in with your GP or your functional health uh, practitioner, get all your regular health checks and certain blood markers like um, cholesterol, uh, your sugar, your and iron levels, your kidneys, your liver function, a full panel thyroid test. So your standard test is TSH, which stands for um, thyroid stimulating hormone. But in a perfect world, you would have free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and thyroid antibodies tested as well to give you the fuller picture. Uh, your blood pressure, have your mammograms, your pap smears, and your DEXA scans for bone density. And it goes without saying that um, nutrition and exercise are vital to help mitigate these. Um, nutrients fuel our body. Uh, it's just a huge thing to, that underpins everything to do with our health. And the thing is, in life, in the 21st century, but also for midlife women, um, our stomach acid can decrease and a lot of us don't have uh, good gut health. Um, so there used to be a saying, you are what you eat. These days it's more like you are what you absorb because if you've got gut health issues going on, you are not going to absorb the nutrients from your food as much. The same with um, the uh, decreased stomach acid, that's going to impact about how how you um, process that food and also the soils and, and what our produce is grown in these days um, doesn't have as much goodness in it as it did 50 or 100 years ago. And the other thing is the standard Western diet is, is, is not great. There's so much uh, processed foods. We love our instant gratification, don't we? But if we want to up our health, we really need to bring in, like if you can do seven to 10 servings of vegetables a day, I know that sounds like a lot, but if you do it, you do get quite addicted to it just because of the feel good benefits. It's amazing. And of course, exercise is a wonderful thing. Um, 
you know, it's, it helps with your bones, your overall health. Um, and the fact is that those first five years post-menopause, the rate at which you lose muscle mass and bone density decreases very, very rapidly. So it's really good to um, get that resistance training in. Anything that puts resistance against your muscles and your bones will help strengthen it. And of course there's dancing, walking, running, swimming, yoga, Pilates. The very best exercise, well we're all different again as, as to what suits us, but the very best exercise is the one you enjoy because that's the one you'll do. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women on Fire. If you love what we share, please subscribe and give us a rating and or a review. In addition, visit the Menome YouTube channel where you can subscribe and watch all of the interviews. That's the best way to support this podcast so we can continue to bring it to you. Thank you for your interest in midlife, menopause and women on fire. fire let's keep this for you.